0: Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. As you probably know, being a young adult is sometimes just as confusing as it can be exciting. Our 20s and 30s bring about many life-altering decisions and seasons of change. How we decide to live through those seasons will directly impact us in the long run. Our vision for this podcast is to help you make your life count by knowing Jesus, loving Him, and becoming like Him daily. Having said that, Here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Long Run Podcast. We have Coach Mike McIntyre with us today, and I'm your host, Weston Downing. I'm Jeff
1: Jones. I'm helping out.
0: Mm -hmm. Coach. Mike McIntyre joining us today is the defensive coordinator for the University of Memphis Tigers football team. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. I'm glad you escaped a little bit of quarantine to come yeah, out and be with us. Exactly. I think this is six or seven <laughs> feet yeah, so we're is. okay it here. Is. Yeah, it's good. Well, Coach, just to get our audience familiar with yourself, do you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Tell us about your family. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm from a little bit all over.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but I would call – I was born in Miami, Florida. Um, my dad played college football at Miami, started coaching at Miami. I'm a coach's son. Um, so we moved around a lot, kind of like an Army brat. Um, but I would call Nashville, Tennessee home. Um, that's where I went to junior high and high school. Um, and uh, – um, Uh, married for 30 years to uh, Trisha. Um, She was Trisha Rowland, Trisha Rowland-McIntyre. And then wonderful. We have three um, awesome kids. A daughter, Jennifer, um, who's a speech pathologist in Denver, Colorado, at Chaparral High School. Um, She's married to Blake Froystad. Got married last summer. Um, So we have a son-in-law, which we love, and is exciting. Then have a son, Jay McIntyre, who's a wide receivers coach at University of Tennessee-Martin who played wide receiver for us at Colorado, was an excellent player. And then I have a young son, uh, Johnson McIntyre, who's uh, going to college at Chapman University. He's the starting quarterback for Chapman University in Orange, California. Mm. Um, you know, they're on, of course, they're on quarantine, so he's back home, but uh, it's a tough life having to go to school and right beside Disneyland, no. and right, right no. there by Newport Beach. So uh, he uh, loves it out there and uh, he's got one more year.
0: Mm. That sounds like a tough life. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now Jay, is he married? Jay's is not married, no. He dating um uh, no. Nothing. No, okay. I know of. So we, we he's, can, he's married to football right yeah, now. Yeah, we can make that a promo for uh, you <laughs> Jack, know there and Martin at Yeah, good. Martin, yeah. yeah
0: well Martin's <laughs> a small town. Exactly right. <laughs> so you've been in Memphis. How long have you been in Memphis so far?
2: uh january 10th i believe is my start date okay um and uh you know we're very familiar with memphis Mm -hmm. um and recruited this area a lot in the past and played against the memphis tigers uh coached against them that is a few times and um excited to be here with a a great football program with coach silverfield and um what the the success they've had over the last five or six years has been amazing and all the new facilities and the support um i'm excited about this uh uh, 2020
0: season coming mm-hmm. up for sure well we're excited to have you here i hope the community has welcomed you well especially i bet they've uh, put you down for a lot of barbecue around here <laughs> yeah it's it
2: is it's, everybody's been very welcoming and um, of course this time it's a little bit not as welcoming because you have to do all the social distancing but yeah. uh, everybody's been really really nice to us and everywhere we've
0: been that's good to hear well if you don't mind, just share with us too a little ba- a little bit of background about where you've coached and what capacity where off you been. You shared a little bit about where you've moved around right. to,
2: right? If I, I did everywhere I moved, it would take up the whole show. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess a few highlights is. Uh, I uh, um, graduated from Georgia Tech, played football there, um, played at Vanderbilt for two years before that, um, got my master's at the University of Georgia where I started coaching, um, and then I kind of traveled through the years and um, coached at uh, Ole Miss um, for a while under David Cutcliffe, and then um, got an opportunity to go to the Dallas Cowboys, coach under Bill Parcells at the Dallas Cowboys for four years, and then New York Jets. Um, then I went back with Coach Cutcliffe to Duke for a couple of years, and then I was able to be the head coach at San Jose State University for three, um, and University of Colorado for six. And then last year I was at Ole Miss, and now I'm at, at Memphis. So that's kind of a quick nutshell mm-hmm. of everything there. And um, we've had a great
1: a lot of lot of great opportunities, a lot of great places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some of the – as you look over your coaching career, what are the highlights what are the right lowlights? You know, what, yeah. what are some things you'd like to and- them? Well, I think when you um, – the fans and the people and the media,
2: they, you know, they look at all the wins and losses and mm-hmm. the championships and the hirings and the firings and all that. I, I, you know, so my greatest moments are with those young men and the guys on the staff and really seeing lives changed mm-hmm. um, and then getting a phone call or a text. And, you know, I, you're probably like y'all, this is a time of year all of a sudden you get a phone call out of the blue mm-hmm. or you get a text out of the blue or you get an email out of the blue for somebody thanking you for something. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was thinking about you. Mm -hmm, Because everybody's kind of, I think that's what's really good about this time right now. You kind of sit and reflect and look and kind of look at life is not you know it could be gone in a minute yeah. with all the things that we see going on i think it's making us really reflect and um so that's been really unique i think those are the those are truly the high points sure um you know low points are when you're trying to help guys and they don't see it yeah. and uh, things don't work out for them mm-hmm. um, in life and you kind of see them you're going to fall apart at the seams yeah. um those are to me those are the highest and lows as far as the the, the football goes you know we've um we've had lows of losing games and getting fired and we've had highs of being the you know in the Pac-12 we were, uh, on the entire history of football mm-hmm. we had the biggest turnaround in the history of the Pac-12 in 102 years now I think wow. they had the Pac-12 wow. and you know named national coach of the year and yeah. um, did things they've never done there before when we were at San Jose State University we've won the most games in the history of their school Um, You know, did a lot of things that haven't been done before at those places. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of liked what I feel like the Lord blessed me with is I've been able to kind of be a rebuilder. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the way he does us. He rebuilds us, and so I've been able to do that at a lot of different spots along the way as
1: a head coach, as an assistant coach, and uh, that's really a gift from God. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Well, I like that too because you're, you know, a lot of times the first thing that comes to mind is, well, this year we won. You said that we, you know, it's not about necessarily the games that you win or lose. It's more about, you know, as you look back, it's whose lives you know you've invested in right and and what fruit comes from that it's it's fun to watch and see and and hear that i think uh i've mentioned before that uh we were down in panama city yeah for a a mission trip to to share the gospel Mm -hmm. down there with beach reach and we ran into some old miss players and and they were really excited when I mentioned your name. They were like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, that's my man!" You know. So uh, they, I said, "Yeah, he's now with Memphis." And I mentioned something about the Memphis Ole Miss game last year, and they didn't want to talk much after that. But right. uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, that
2: was a, a defensive football game on both yes, sides, It was. Right it was
1: completely <laughs> defensive game. It was. I was there. It was yeah. fun. So. Yeah. Uh, Well, we want to ask you a couple of things. You mentioned just some things about faith and and how the Lord has led you in different ways. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey and your story about how you came to know Christ and and who was involved in that. Right. Uh, You know, uh, my story is kind of like
2: you would like most people's to be. I don't have one of those. uh, crazy stories where I was way off the reservation. Mm-hmm. Now I have, I have sinned, I have <laughs> made mistakes, don't be that. But I came to know the Lord when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. um, and I remember it, it was in when I was my dad was coaching at UT Martin in Martin, Tennessee. Uh, I remember um, being saved there accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. Completely remember it like yesterday, know mm-hmm. that I've made that decision and, and then through that I've grown in my faith. I've stumbled, I've fallen, um, I've relied on Him and, and, and grown to, to have a love and understanding that it's truly grace and Mm -hmm. and his mercy. Um, And uh, it's been a a growing experience. And I think, I think in all our Christian walks and and different things in life that you are growing Mm -hmm. continuously. And I think the more I, get closer to Christ and the more I get to know him, the more I realize how much I don't know, um, and how much I am thankful for his grace and mercy Mm -hmm. for loving me. And as we just got illustrated on Easter just the other day, um, how real that really is Mm -hmm. and uh, how thankful we should be. Yeah, That's that's good.
0: Yeah. So when you gave your life to Christ, you know, you're <clears throat> 10 years old, and obviously you've grown from that point. Right. I was a similar age, I think, and then went through high school, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Um, what did you, like, realize about yourself or what made you want to do that? Because we hear that all the time, right. you know.
2: I, I think that, uh, um,
0: well, at that time, I, I realized that— uh, that
2: Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and I needed that there was a I realized there was a heaven and a hell, and I realized there was eternity. Right. Flat out knew that, and I wanted to uh, be an attorney with Christ. Now, that's the first step of it, and then growing to giving Him every part of my life, and that's a daily <laughs> basis. Sure. Um, he'll I'll go no, I don't want to give that up, and I give that up, right. and then it works to the next step, and I think that that goes on daily with me. Um, and uh, very thankful for the people that God has brought into my life to encourage me, to grow me, to challenge me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a, it's, a, it's a growing process um, every day. Right. And uh, hopefully, and then as I'm growing, I realize that people are, are watching me or the people that I need to talk to or witness to. And a lot of times, it's not that you sit down and share the gospel with them. There's a lot of times you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no doubt. But a lot of times they're watching you if you live the gospel. Sure. sure. And then when you make mistakes, if you come back and say, hey, I screwed that up, I I apologize, I'm sorry, they go, wait, something's different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that every day you're kind of, you know, they always tell you you're on a a job interview, you're always making your resume. I think you're always making your Christian resume, too. That's true. And uh, so I think that's important to realize, even though there's a lot of times I don't think that. But Mm -hmm. I believe if I put that in my forefront of my daily days, that it would be a different how I attack the day. Yeah,
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Bible states that we're ambassadors of Christ and how we live will reflect him and we should live in a way that make people think, well, why is he so loving? Why is he so generous? Why is he so forgiving? It's like, well, because we've been forgiven and we've been given the ultimate gift. So when we think about uh, you and your role as a a collegiate college football coach, I think I played football in high school. I wasn't that good, so that's okay, Okay. but uh, I think about coaches in the high school level or potential people that want to be coaches. You know, They want to get to that next level and get up in the collegiate realm, and you're there, you would be at the top for them. Maybe you don't think that, but from their perspective, yes. But since you're a Christian and you've been saved uh, by faith and grace through God, how does that affect how you live your life and your job that might be uh, the world to somebody else? Well, it, it should affect everything,
2: mm-hmm. um, and uh, I would like to say that I let it affect everything, and sometimes I don't. I want to take things into my own control, um, but it should affect everything. And the, you know, the decisions I make on taking jobs, my decisions I make on how I coach, um, how I act, um, should all come through my heart um and uh you know sometimes i'll go why did i react like that and i realize my heart's not in the right place mm-hmm. um and a lot of times i'm selfish or i'm self-centered or i'm egotistical um and all of that is changed through within it's something i can't make happen and that's right. through christ but it 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 reflects every decision i make everything i make every action i do um should be affected that way Um, I would like to say it happens all the time. I think it happens more than it doesn't, but it doesn't happen as often. The negative parts come up quite often. And uh, thank goodness again for grace, and he reveals that to me and and, uh, challenges me in my mind, challenges me in my heart
1: um, to make some decisions and and some changes. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Was
1: there there a time maybe in your... uh, Growing up, years that you would say, man, man, this is a time where I really grew in my faith the most. Uh, I mean, it may be hard to identify, and I'm just well, yeah. There, I think
2: there, I think there are kind of markers that sometimes God has you to be able to look back at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the big markers was when I uh, I was playing at Vanderbilt University for my father, um, and they fired him after my sophomore year. Mm And, uh, that was a marker of kind of figuring out, Whoa, wait a minute. He did the things right. He turned a, a terrible program into an excellent program. The same people that loved him now, two years later, um, dislike him. Wow. Um, and, uh, I, and he was, you know, I always like to say with my dad, he's gone in heaven now. And people ask me, what do you think is your dad? What do you think about your dad? And I, you know, so many people don't have good dads. I had the most phenomenal dad ever. Mm. And I would say, well, I I do believe this, I believe besides Jesus, He might be the best person to ever walk on the Mm -hmm. face of the earth because He lived it every day. Mm -hmm. And so when negative things happen, I go, why would negative things happen to a person that's living it right? And I realized, well, they nailed Christ on the cross Mm -hmm. and He did everything (laughs) right. Uh, And he died for them that were nailing him on the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that I learned in that situation that was a hard time. And then I kind of went away from home for the first time and moved to Atlanta and went to Georgia Tech and Mm -hmm. played there and had some great coaches there and uh, made some great friends. But that was kind of a truly a growing up time. Um, When I transferred, I had to sit out a year. So it was my first time not playing in games Mm -hmm. since I was five years old or whatever. Um, so uh, that was a growing time. Um, I believe that uh, when um first got married mm-hmm. um, was a growing time. Um, you can't be selfish all the time. You think you're not, but you really realize how selfish <laughs> yes. you are when you get married. Man. Um, yes. Can't then, wait. <laughs> so that that growing process. Um, and then when you have kids, sure, it's another step yeah. um, of realizing, whoa, wait a minute. Um, there's a lot of thoughts there. Mm-hmm. And then I think that... Um, I, uh, I think that the, when we went to San Jose State, being a head coach for the first time, mm-hmm. um, you learn when you become the leader, the main figurehead, that everybody wants something. Yeah. And you're always pulled for your time. So how do you handle all those decisions? Wow. Um, and I think that uh, that's when you realize – I think sometimes – well, I don't – I think, and I know that, at least in my life, that the busier I get, okay – the farther I pull away from God. Mm. That I have to take time on my own by myself, mm-hmm. with Christ, with the Bible, with time, with prayer time, or even sometimes not with like just being still. Yeah. Um, and then you're able to to make the right it makes the right. rest of the day go better. Mm-hmm. It makes you make decisions better. Um, I think busyness, sometimes people, they're so busy, I got so much to do and they feel like they're doing, but all they are to me and to me in my life, all is, is kind of like that you see that, um, a squirrel on the. Steers, you're just kind of turning the wheel. You're not making anything happen because you're so busy doing different things that you lose focus of what's really real. That's good. Um, So I've learned that at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, when we got um, fired at Colorado was a situation where to reflect and say, well, wait a minute. Why? Why me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is a stupid question to ask. Um, but you go through that. Um, and I think that was a, a, an excellent growing time for my heart and my spirit. And, yeah. and then, um, you know, so we just move on the Lord. What, what I've learned um, is the Lord puts us in different places, yeah. kind of like a missionary and then when it's time to go either our choice that he's telling us to go or somebody else's choice that you still dust off your sandals you're thankful for what happened and now you Mm. go work where he put you yeah and live for him there because that's what it's really all about it's not about what we're doing it's about what he's
1: doing well i love love it's hard to do that in that world this world sometimes because of all the media stuff i love the the fact that one of the growing times for you was your dad Mm -hmm. getting fired at vanderbilt Right. right and then one of the growing times was you getting fired at colorado exactly and both programs were doing well mm-hmm. underneath both your leadership. Yeah. Uh, I just like that, that heritage of, yeah. of discipleship in, in, in those situations. Right. And you shared with us before the uh, podcast started that, you know, your son's home and he's coaching football right now yeah. at, at UT Martin. Right. And you guys are in the same room looking at film and, and talking to your players and stuff. And yeah. so it, it's still going on. It's right. another generation. And I think uh, one of the neat things is that your dad was at UT Martin. Right? You're, you were at UT Martin, and now your son
2: yeah. is at yeah. UT Martin. Yeah,
1: Martin's been a special place to our yeah. family in a lot of ways. And
2: um, we're uh, excited to see Jay back there yeah. at UT Martin coaching there. That's and fun. And love, loving it. And, yeah, it, it's been unique with him being quarantined. And we're in there, and we're watching film, and and then we're he's he's doing a Zoom deal with his receivers and I'm doing a zoom deal with the DBs and the defensive coaches and uh, it, it, it's exciting times. That's
1: fine. That is fine. That's awesome to hear. Yeah well I was going to ask uh, or, or just identify that you mentioned being still and and not being busy and I think this morning as I was spending some time alone I was thinking about this whole concept of the frustration of the quarantine but then you know we're eating together as a family more than we ever have, right I mean dishes are constantly dirty in our house, <laughs> good sign. Uh, you know, yeah, and we're you know we've stopped eating out as much just because of the very nature of the situation and and all these things, and it's almost like we're being forced into the stillness, yeah that God's put us to recalibrate our lives toward him and toward each other right and find out what's important in in the setting of of you know. Uh, where we've gotten so busy that we've lost track and right. lost sight so i just thought that was really neat i agree
2: you? i think that um, i think boredom is a good thing at, at times yeah. because we're so busy with our phones and televisions i you know people are going to think i'm crazy i wish all the electricity would go out for a few days <laughs> yes. yeah. and i wish all the phone lines on the cell phone yes. towers would go down i agree I and agree. then we'd even get closer that's right we talk and so it, it's been um it's been good because I think maybe it will eventually because we'll watch watched everything we can on Netflix or Hulu <laughs> right and then you'll have to you know actually read talk and, and talk and, 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 yeah. and uh, yeah but it, it really has that has been good you know yeah. the dinners with everybody together um mm-hmm. you know I actually have time to help my wife do the dishes I, I can't say I've got to go do this make <laughs> this phone call or whatever so I'm actually having to do that I actually know where do. the dishwasher is and that's how to right. work it now so it's pretty amazing
1: that's amazing yeah yeah
0: yeah, boredom is a scary thing for people my age. Or being still, mm-hmm. as you call it. And I hate to put that just uh, true. that label on young adults right, right now. And shoot, especially people that are in high school and these kids that are growing up. And you know, their cell phone is now an extra limb of their body. Exactly. And it's right. like I I thought you were an eight year old. Why do right. you have a? Why do you have all? The, why do you have an email account? <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. And it scares me, especially if you know I have kids. Hopefully one day, and I'm like, right. you know, what do I want them to grow up in? But I think about myself now and. You know, everybody tries to do self-help stuff or be more productive. But even especially, like, Jeff asked me before I was sitting here a minute ago, and I was pretty quiet. I wasn't talking to him. He thought I was mad at him a minute ago. (laughs) And I was like, no, that was yesterday, Jeff. But he was, like, he was, I guess, asking if I was tired or something. I said, man, I slept a lot last last night. And then he asked me well, do you sleep with your phone beside your bed or do you leave it out of the room? I was like, well, I I put it across the room, but I I didn't last night. And it's funny how much when you wake up and that's the first thing you look at, it just immediately drains you. But that's just adding to the extra distractions and things that, you know, you were talking about. But um, I like also to diverge from that topic of talking about all that stuff. You know, you mentioned your dad was a big influence in your life. And I think you mentioned that your wife was too. And, and just how who God has made you and you've kind of identified that he's making you a a rebuilder or a, a builder of these programs right. and stuff like that and putting you in those situations who would you say are some people that have influenced your life I mentioned a few but
2: well I, I um, you know and of course my wife has been a, a huge influence in my life um, uh, you know definitely in my Christian walk and us being able to talk and, and grow um, you know she's my best friend Uh, that's been big in in the uh in in life in the in the football side of it or business side of it i would say that uh david cutcliffe who's the head coach at duke has been a great influence on me how he runs programs how his family he raised his family his relationship with his wife he's been a great example uh uh, you know that that's been an excellent um uh, mentor for me Uh, i think that uh you know, when I went to the Dallas Cowboys, I learned a lot of football from Bill Parcells, um, Mike Zimmer, Sean Payton, all those guys. <laughs> we were all on the staff together. So uh, I wouldn't say they're mentors, Bill would be, uh, but the other guys I learned so much from on the football side of it mm-hmm. um, that, that that's, that's been a, a big deal. Um, and so, and then, you know, I have some really, really close friends. Um, that have been really big influencers in my life, too.
0: So with that being said, you've mentioned that uh, in the beginning when we started this whole conversation that the highs of your career were mm-hmm. other uh, students and athletes reaching out to you saying, thank you, Coach, for just you know investing in me or helping mm-hmm. me do this. Why do you think or how do you try to put yourself in a position of uh, to influence people? Obviously, you're a coach, but right. that doesn't really mean that you can speak into somebody's life, I guess. Right. I don't know, but...
1: Well,
2: what I do as a, as, a, as a Christian coach is, you know, there's all these different things within universities that you're not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they come direct, ask you a direct question, you can answer the direct question. Yeah. And it's amazing how many times those young men walk in my office or after a practice or whatever, and they're going through something and they ask me a direct question. Well, I can share now how I handle those situations through my faith, through different ways of, of changing things that I do on a daily basis. Um, I keep Bibles in my office because that's the answer. Mm-hmm. So when they ask me a question, because other people give them other books, why can't I give them a Bible? Yeah. Which I definitely can mm-hmm. when they ask a the direct question. So I give them Bibles, um, and therefore, I kind of lead them in, the, in those ways. Um, and, uh, and then I pray for them on a consistent basis. Um, when they have different situations going on and I think that's the biggest thing I can do yeah um, and uh, you have to take time to do that um, and there's times that I don't take as much time as I would like but that's how things are answered um, and uh, I you know I've um, been able to uh, just growing and understanding how real that really is over time has taught me how, how much of a difference that makes
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome and I think that's encouraging too for like somebody like me in my life or somebody that really loves the Lord and they think, well, to really serve God, I've got to go be a missionary and move somewhere where they haven't heard the gospel or just go and be a pastor over a church. But like what you said and how God has moved you and your family around, how it's very similar. And we're beginning to see where those front lines are of your influence and where you're getting to do this ministry. And just, you know, we label it ministry, but it's really just loving people. And if you really love them, you'll share for the hope that you have in you. I think that's 1 Peter 3.15, but that's that's awesome to see mm-hmm. okay yeah,
1: i I like the fact that too <clears throat> excuse me that these guys are uh i've I've seen video of you uh after a football game in Colorado in the locker room you know praying with the guys yep. and and you point them to your hope without pushing it specifically, but yet at the same time that that example that influence is, is there and I think about even your kids. They're, they're adults, but uh, your, your children, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier about that when your kids came along, that's when you start to grow because you all of a sudden feel responsible for mm-hmm. somebody else's direction in life. And I think a lot of times what happens for young adults, at least, is that they are not necessarily viewing themselves as responsible for anybody else except themselves. Right. But if we're going to do the Great Commission, which is to make disciples, It means we're going to invest in other people intentionally. Right. Because, you know, if I didn't invest in my kids and you didn't invest in your kids, you know, we've seen what happens with some people in culture where they just had kids and said, all right, do your best out there and we'll see what happens. But Mm -hmm. there are times where you discipline. There's times where you coach and and cheer and and, and so on. And I think that's what influence is. It's taking responsibility for someone else. Right and saying, I want to invest in them intentionally so that uh, their life is impacted not just by my life, but my faith in Christ does right. come through. And uh, and usually even those who aren't Christians maybe will come back one day and say, you know, I know what coach talked about when I sat in his office that day and he gave me a Bible. I didn't think about it at the time or I just thought, oh brother, here's, here's another Christian <laughs> trying to promote something. But, you know, I've heard tons of stories. And I, I have a friend from China who got a Bible and look, didn't look at it. And a year later, when he was on the edge of suicide, pulled it out. Yep. And now he's a pastor, right. you know, in China. It's just like incredible mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you see the fruit of your investment because you intentionally invest and right. in influence. Well, I, I tell you a, a true story on that. And um, it, when I went to my
2: father's funeral... Um, the night before they had had everybody come by and visitation. And the first person to show up at his visitation um, was a former player of his. Hmm. And he was a former player that my dad had kicked off the team in college. Wow. And he was the first one there. And I looked at him, and I said his name, and he came up with tears rolling down his eyes, hugged me, crying. And he goes, you know something, Mike? He said, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for your dad. Wow. He said he loved me, and he cared for me more than any man ever had in my life, and he cared more about me than I, than I could just carry a football. Wow. And what he did by kicking me off the team, because he worked with me all the time, and I wouldn't do it. I was a knucklehead. And then he helped me get a scholarship to another school, and now I've been married. My two kids are doing well. I'm a registered nurse, and I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. My life's on the right track, and I just wanted to come tell you that. Wow! And um, and tell you how much your dad meant to me. Wow! Well, awesome. So yeah. exactly what you yeah. said right there. Even a guy that he had to kick off the team that he still loved and cared while he was doing it, mm-hmm. and then helped him through other things as he went through life, he would call dad. Um, to wow. me, is a great example of Christ. Yeah. Um, cause he disciplines us sometimes, but sure, he's still he holding us and he still loves us and he yeah. still cares for us because we've heard him, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, and he's helping us get through. And I think that was, so when I, when I cut out all the other stuff, cause you know, you got to win, you got to do this, you mm-hmm. have all these different things and you hear all these people talking, if you can cut out all the noise, which we should sure. and listen to the one voice that matters, mm-hmm. yeah, um, then we can affect people for eternity more than just a win and a loss. That's exactly right. Now, I still want to win games, yeah. I still want to do all that, yeah. and it hurts when I lose because you invest, and it feels great when you win. But in reality, um, that fades fast. Yeah. yeah. But the other doesn't. That's right. It lasts for eternity.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And like you mentioned, the example that your dad has been of being a person that influences, and like you yourself, and you spoke to it earlier, that how your actions will add to, you know, representing right. who God is. And how is, you said it's not just sharing the gospel with it with them, but when that time comes and the you know, Holy Spirit opens that door, that you do it. But I fully believe that your life amplifies the gospel or it doesn't. And I know that's a strong statement to say. It's like, well, it's the right. work of the Holy Spirit moving. But it, we can fully say that if you live like a hellion, you know right. what I mean, and you represent this God since you're an ambassador for him, it sure does take away from the gospel right. because you're not living it in the manner of it. So. It's awesome to see how you spoke to that, because that's why I was just processing while you were speaking.
2: And it it is definitely something that you have to work at every day. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can't say, well, I'm just going to go live right. Um, You you have to dive into His Word. You have to take time in prayer. You have to surround your people Mm -hmm. with the right people. Um, Because there's times I look back and my actions, they wouldn't have said how I reacted to something. Usually it's how I react to something. That's um, good. They go, yeah. well, wait a minute. That's not how a Christian ran. <laughs> well, you're right. I'm not perfect, right. but at the same time, I need to make sure I don't do that often, often, often. Then yeah. they go, well, his faith isn't really real. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure there's some situations out there that people say, well, I saw that. I don't. Yeah, he's he's Mike's just a hypocrite on mm-hmm. you know how he acted on something. Um, and I think that uh, I ask for forgiveness. I work through it. I move on. And hopefully, they see um, that we aren't. Um, robots that we really are real people and that we're we're struggling through different things too.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, anybody that has ever been on uh, I-240 or 40 with me when I'm driving, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I I'm keep thinking one day I'm just going to, you know, try to run my pastor off the road or something. You know, somebody from church member, a little old lady, and she goes, yeah, I thought you were a minister or a Christian. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But I, I'm still competitive when it comes to a driving. I really am. So
0: That's right. I'm a minister, meaning I can forgive myself quicker when I cuss at everybody out on the interstate.
1: Well, you know, and that's the thing. is one of those things where God continues to come back and go, Jeff, you know, is that really – where I'm represented best in the right. way that you just acted, and uh, of course, my wife and my kids will say, Jeff, would you you know stop doing yeah. that too? But you know we need accountability, we need sharpening in our lives right, even if we are influencing other people. And right. I think that's important because a lot of times the thing that stops a lot of young adults from trying to influence or trying to disciple other people is that they don't feel adequate because mm-hmm. they mess up. Well, I, I agree with you, and I think it's also
2: on the flip side. I think a lot of people don't want to become a Christian because they don't feel adequate to be a Christian. Yeah. Well, none of us are adequate. None of us are. Yeah. And none of us are, yeah. of us are adequate when we are a Christian. None of us are adequate. There is one person that was yeah. in Jesus Christ, and He's going to change us and grow us, and and we won't be fully fulfilled until we're in heaven, sitting at His feet. Yeah. And fully in His realm of His Spirit. Yeah. Um, then we'll be then we'll be truly right. as he sees us. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, what's so amazing is once we come to know Christ, he sees us yeah. as perfect. Yeah. We're not, but he sees us as perfect and mm-hmm. he knows because he sees who we're going to be. Yeah, And, um, and I think that's I like so that. true. Um, if we realize that and have a vision on that yeah. and we, we're not going to always live up to what we're supposed to. We can't beat ourselves up yeah. now. Does that mean we keep doing? No, you, you work on changing right. through him, right. but, uh, it's a it's a it's a daily basis sure. right
0: it, it's it's hard i mean it's your faith isn't something you put in cruise control and no. you just like with the far right of that too it's well you're not just striving to be perfect it's like you're striving to be like jesus and right. it just so happens that he is perfect exactly mm-hmm. and so it's you know resting in him and his peace and his mercy and his grace but like you said still being disciplined to come to him because right. every day you got to get up and do something right mm-hmm. so you might as well go and try to be like him, even though you're going to fall short, run back to his arms and say, hey, I (laughs) messed up. Exactly. And it's because you always will. And so, but it's good to know that he's faithful and he'll continue to, to continue to uh, grow you and influence or what's the word I mean the work that he started and you uh completed yeah. yeah correct yeah, yeah.
1: well think about we we have in common and I'm, we mentioned earlier before the podcast sing Oldham Dr. Oldham, oh, yeah. Dr. Oldham is awesome. uh, from he used to be at First Baptist Martin and and he used to say something to me when I was on staff there he said you know what discipleship and influence is is you learn a little and then you teach a little then you learn a little more, and then you teach a little mm-hmm. more. Always learning, always teaching. Right, and that's that's what this is. Is that as we walk with Christ, and you mentioned this, is that we we want to be like Christ, and mm-hmm. as we're with Him, then we're gonna share Him with other people as we right.
0: go. Right, that's awesome. And especially like everything you said, I'm sitting here soaking it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> because y'all are talking about things that I cannot relate to, like having kids and like right. being married and what you know how you have yeah. to you learn you're selfish. And I'm like, oh. I but thought was you, I have, you
1: <laughs> have spiritual children. Sorry, that was
0: not social distancing. <laughs> easy, I, easy. Uh, joke. But yeah, uh, but I, I have influence, I guess, too, even when I don't think I do. Exactly. And,
1: and that's what's important for young adults to realize is that they have responsibility for, for people who are their spiritual children. And
0: mm-hmm. I, somebody said in my family group the other day that even when it feels like people are not watching you, they usually are, even though you're not in this leadership mm-hmm. position or whatever. Because, I mean, that's what young adults and people my age or even younger probably associate that with or even adults now that okay well the real leaders are the coaches Mm -hmm. the pastors the teachers and i'm just here doing my thing it's like no you know somebody's always watching you're not you don't have to have a bunch of followers on social media or whatever to be this influencer yeah because every day you live everywhere you go and you claim this title of christ People look at you like, well, he just claims to be perfect. Right. But it's like, no, I'm just, I just I, I'm not, and this is what I have to run to. Right. And so it's good. But uh, to, to wrap up here, Coach, do you have like a, like a life verse that you have or a, a verse of Scripture that's uh, yeah, on your mind? Yeah, I, I do. Matthew
2: twenty two thirty seven through 39, you know, uh, they were asking uh, Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest thing you can do? And he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And then the second part, I get that and I try to do that. The second part is probably the hardest for me. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't always do that. And I think that the more what he was saying was the more you go closer to him, then the more you will do the second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a, a verse that I try to live by on a daily basis. And uh, I have to do the first part before I'm able to do the second part. Mm-hmm. I can't just go say i want to love people more. When if I don't love him and get his through my spirit, then I know how to love people for because I'll look at them differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll care for them differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: I won't look at it as because a lot of times people love people or care about people because of what they can do for them. Okay. Yeah. And I want to be the exact opposite if I can. And I'm not always. But how do I love them no matter what I get in return? And I think that's uh, a hard thing to do in our world, sure. so to speak, at times. Or or realize, why are people trying to be friends with you? right? Um, and uh, so you want to be able to, to love them. And uh, you only can do that through getting to know Christ better and better.
1: Mm.
0: That's true. Because a lot of times I think, too, as Christians, we'll tell ourselves, I want to go love somebody, but are my n- motives here right. truly, truly pure? I can mm. put the label of love, but if I'm just here to right. shake hands and smile about just like a politician you know i mean that doesn't care or just somebody that's trying to get what they want from a relationship so that's that's awesome to hear yeah well jeff you have anything else
1: i was just going to ask okay we're talking to young adults yeah primarily college students and others if you had just one thing that you could say to any young adult that's facing life choices i know this is a broad question but is there a piece of advice that you would say, hey, here's what, If, if maybe you've got a student that's graduating right, uh, and heading off, what, what are you gonna tell them?
2: Well, uh, the first thing I'll tell them is, graduating from college, and they're not gonna like to hear that. this, but I believe after doing this all these years with college students, with my own kids, is probably the hardest year of your life is the day after you graduate. Hmm. Because you're concerned about the future you're going out there, and you're going, and for the first time in your life, you really don't have, well, I gotta to go to class, I've got this direction, I've got this. Now you're probably moving to a new area, you're going to a new job, you are you don't have a nucleus of friends right there all the mm-hmm. time, okay? Um, you can't sleep in and go to class at 10 o'clock, you gotta get up and go to work, you gotta do different things. It's a, um, it's a really tough time, and I think at the same time, you're also still trying to find your way. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by find your way, you're trying to find out truly what, where God wants you to go. And He'll, I think, even non Christians, if they are searching, and they, God is going to place them in a place where they can be fruitful, where they can be passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is do what, what, what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. don't just do a job and that's hard to do when you get out right now sometimes you might take a job and you're doing it and you think about and then all of a sudden i'm not passionate about it. it's not that you have to work every day you just don't have and then somehow some way he directs you another path cuz i didn't go into coaching right out i went i was a graduate from georgia tech with a business management degree i went as a logistics manager for a condiment plant in nashville and I could start on the ground floor and I was going to get stocks and I was going to do all that and I did that for a year and it was okay and then I got a phone call out of the blue to go be a graduate assistant and start coaching and I, and I did that. I think there's also a time to understand you're still growing and seeing where you want to go and I think that it, everything doesn't have to be just cut and laid out and um, I think that's a hard, hard growing time.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: So just trust him and, and go.
1: That's good. Good yeah. word. For sure,
0: and I'll add to that. I was looking at a verse this morning, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all this else, and all else will be added to you, right. if you just trust Him where you need to go. He'll take care of mm-hmm. your needs. So exactly. that's awesome. Here, well, Coach, thank you so much thank for you. joining us, Jeff. Do you have anything else?
1: Man, this sounds this this is good stuff. Thank <laughs> good. you, Coach. A lot Appreciate of good it. stuff.
0: I've been writing plenty of notes over here that I'm gonna have to go and document later. <laughs> but right. like I said, thank you so much for joining us, Coach, and thank you all for listening to another episode of the Long Run Podcast. You can find more episodes at uh, thelongrunpodcast.org, and you can also type in on Spotify or Apple iTunes Podcasts uh, to find more episodes. Thank you so much for joining, and we'll see you next week.